Welcome everyone to the podcast. Um, I have a really exciting guest on my podcast today. Um, their name is Kuzema or Kuzi. Um, Kuzi's got a massive love for psychology and understanding how the world works. He's a fitness fanatic, spends all his time throwing himself into physical challenges, but not just physical challenges. When, when I first met Kuzi, the thing that struck me most about him was his ability and power to just throw himself at any challenge, at anything. And I think we just started to get along with each other. We'd have massive laughs in class. And what I discovered is that Kuzi is just, he's, he's what I would call excellent. He's excellent because he just, he will go at everything. And if you spend some time with Kuzi, you will find yourself just going out and doing more things just by being in his presence. And so I'm really excited to have Kuz on the podcast. And um, I'm really grateful that um, we've got the time to have a Kuzi. One last thing before, I, before I, I jump you in. I just want to say that I really believe Kuzi is destined for incredible things. I am ultra excited for where Kuzi will go, what, what kind of impact he's going to have on the world. And I'm just pumped that I got him on my podcast first. So, Kuzi, welcome to the show, my friend. Jacob, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. I'm tremendously excited and I'm super grateful and, like, honoured by the fact that you consider me worthy to be on your podcast. So, yeah, I just want to say thank you for having me on and I'm really excited to see where this goes. My pleasure, brother. Kuzi, first question with the expressions of wisdom. Kuzi, what is wisdom to you? Wisdom. Okay. I mean, I'd, I'd say that there's probably a, a difference and we look at this in psychology as well. I'd say there's a difference between being wise and being intelligent. I just start with that because I think a lot of people would maybe confuse the two. I think intelligence is about knowing how to get something done. So if I, if I look at some, if I look at whatever task I have in front of me and go, okay, I want to get this mark on this assignment or, or whatever, right? intelligence is being able to do that to go from point a to point b but i'd say wisdom is probably going off of my intuition wisdom is probably knowing where you should go if that makes sense so knowing which goals are worthy of your time and your and your attention because you know we can there's an infinite amount of things we can do in this world um and if you're really intelligent no matter what you do whether you're um a a drug dealer or a street merchant you you'll be successful at it right but wisdom is knowing what's best for you, what's best for the world around you. Right. That's, that's what I think. Right. So, so in a, a way, wisdom is knowing the, the right path for you, the best path for you. Kuzi, how does one come to wisdom? I'd probably say making mistakes, honestly. I'd probably say, um, I think that the, the, the time periods in my life where I've learned the most or develop myself the most is where I've also ironically enough been making the most amount of mistakes. Like I remember back in year 12, like at the end of year 12, I, 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 I changed a lot as a person. I learned a lot as a person, but it all happened through making a lot of mistakes, not paying enough attention in school, getting in with the wrong crowd. All of this, it seemed like, like a really bad idea at the time. But what I realized was that making those mistakes, it gave me the insight and the perspective necessary for me to figure out who I am. So, for example, if I spend a lot of time doing stuff that I don't like, I can use that information to figure out what it is I like. And then by extension, I can use that to figure out who I am as a person. 
So I feel like by making mistakes, by going through failure, you learn who you are as a person and you learn what kind of choices you do want to make. Wow. That's a really beautiful, empowering perspective on failure and mistakes. My question would be, say if there's a viewer, or even me specifically, who say they struggle with making mistakes, they, they kind of, they, they know they should be doing that, but they're struggling to put themselves out there and, and put, make mistakes. What would, you, what would you say to someone who's in that experience? All right. Well, um, yeah, I get that. I completely get that. Um, sometimes, sometimes we know what the right answer is. It's just that we just find it incredibly difficult to act on it. And sometimes a lot of people, the biggest mistake they can make actually is just being paralyzed by indecision, right? In anything that you do, if you're in a fight or if you're in the gym or if you're doing an assignment, everybody knows that the worst thing you can do is just sit there and do nothing. If you had an assignment, just writing down something for the assignment would get you further than just thinking about it and stressing about it. In terms of how do you get over that? I guess it just has to be like, I guess for me, like I'm really comfortable making mistakes at this point in my life. Like I can just go out and start doing something and do it again and again and embarrass myself and feel that embarrassment, but still keep going. Right. And I guess that's because I'm comfortable with failure because I've experienced it enough times. So I feel like it, with something like that, you got to just, you got to get to a level of comfort with failure. And how does, how do you go about doing that? I guess it has to be something that's sparked within you that makes you want to just, that makes you just go, okay, this is so important. I just have to do it anyway. And once you're in that point where I have to do it anyway, then you'll start doing it. And even if you fail, you won't care because you're like, no, this is important. And you keep going. Oh, wow. Wow. So there's two things I'd like to pick up on. Those that um, just read what you said was around the spark, the spark of, of it's important, which almost seemed like that the whole description of wisdom, knowing what's right for you, what's important. Mm. Um, the spark pulls you through, but also you're saying um, paralysis um, through thinking. Mm. So could you unpack um, both of those forces a little bit more? Right. Par- paralysis through thinking is actually a massive one. Um, it was the biggest struggle of my childhood by far. Um, you know, when I, as a kid, I was like very socially anxious um, and always like just paralyzed by indecision and by thinking too much. And I would like, I would spend a lot of time like trying to like journal and and do all this stuff. But I felt like when it came down to it, when it came down to putting in the time for assignments or picking up a sport or like going out there and introducing myself to people, whenever I find myself in those situations where I had the opportunity to do that, I just end up thinking about it, thinking about it, not doing anything and then just giving up on it. And, and the, way I, the way I got myself out of that is by finding that spot. For me, at least, it actually came through exercise. I found that if I exercised a lot, like my body, my body and my mind would be so exhausted that I wouldn't have time to think anymore. It was like this magic like trick. Like once I got myself in the gym, but like as I get to the gym, I'm, my mind's going full force, full speed. But within five minutes of stepping inside the gym, my mind's like clear and empty. I'm like a monk. And I'm just smashing out my workout. Then after that, I felt like I was calm and clear. Now, I don't like, obviously, I'm not saying that everybody who's struggling with overthinking should become a fitness fanatic. But I I certainly think that when it comes to finding that spark, I I read this really interesting quote the other day. And it said, you can do whatever you want, as long as it's actually what you want. Right. 
And so I think that's what that spark is about. I think that spark is whatever it is you actually want to do, whether it's fitness, whether it's whatever. And I feel like if you're struggling with indecision, laziness, whatever, you need to find that one thing for yourself where no matter how indecisive and lazy you are, you will still put in the time and effort for that one thing. And that carries over to everything else. And Jacob, have you seen the movie Kung Fu Panda? Yes, I have. I love Kung Fu Panda. I love Kung Fu Panda. It's one of my, it's probably my all-time favorite movie. I love that movie. Massive inspiration to me. And what it makes me think of is, if you remember in the movie, Poe has this massive, Poe is this fat, lazy panda. He doesn't do anything. He's not fit. He doesn't know how to fight. And he has this massive task of becoming this super killer, right? And he's not able to do it because he's, he doesn't have the motivation. He overthinks, whatever. But what, what he does have is a love for food, right? He loves eating. He loves all types of different food. He knows how to cook, whatever. And so that's his spark. That's, that's what gets him going. And what, what they find in the movie, what, that, um, what Sensei finds for him is that Poe's love for food can be channeled into everything else. So mm-hmm. Poe doesn't know how to run, but if you put food at the end of a track, then Poe will run to that food <laughs> no problem, right? So then like, just like that, Poe is able to achieve all of these goals and, and get over all of these problems just because he's able to use that spark and channel it to everything else. I feel like that's a lot uh, in a in a much um, in a weird way. Up on time or just and as soon as I I had exercise and I knew that it made me it made it easy to deal with all those other problems. I could deal with uni work. I could deal with sleeping. I could deal with being disciplined making my short making sure my diet was right so i think yeah i think like both of those problems like with the spark i think finding the spark i i I don't know how to tell anybody else how to do that because i just found mine and i just went with it right but i feel like finding that spark is how you overcome that indecisiveness and that overthinking problem wow wow and just to to summarize because there was a little um there was just a little bit of lag in the middle of that there um it was it was like for, for Poe, it was finding the food, right? Which, which was his love um, that, that drew him towards that, that vision of being like, like, I think it was like, what is it? The, the dragon warrior, I think, as I recall. Dragon warrior. Yeah, yeah. dragon warrior. <laughs> and for Kuzi, it was for you, it was finding that, that spark and love of fitness that is drawing out greater things in you as well. So I guess, I guess what that kind of brings me to and what it's kind of made me realize is that like if you want to get somewhere in life, you have to actually want to do the things. Like there's, because I guess um there, there's this there's this kind of thing in our culture where, um, it's like we have to force ourselves to do things that we don't want to do. Could could you speak Could you speak to that a little bit? Like what's what's the go? What's happening there? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, would you just excuse me for one second while I blow my nose, Jacob? Yeah, man, go for it. Go for it. Thanks. All right. So yeah, yeah, doing things that you don't want to do. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, yeah, I, I feel like you obviously do have to do like in, in, in wherever you go. I don't think you'll find anyone anywhere in the world that's successful that doesn't have to do things they don't want to do on a somewhat regular basis. You know, you might be really passionate about business, for example, right? 
and you're running this massive business, but even running that business will have things involved that you don't want to do. You're a world-class athlete and you love your sport, but you don't, you don't want to do meal preps and you don't want to wake up at 4.30 to go running, right? Um, so with whatever you do, there's going to be things that you don't like. But I feel like, and again, going back to having that spark, if there's something, if there's something about what you do. Okay, so there, as you can see, ladies and gents, there may be just some random uh, cutting in and out. Um, there were some internet problems that um, Kuzi and I were experiencing, but as we were chatting just before we hit play again, we wanted to use this as a, a learning opportunity and a learning moment that even when things are going wrong and there's things that you don't like, you can just keep going with, with that spark. Kuzi, could you, could you speak to it? Yeah, absolutely. Like in this situation, you know, we, we don't love that our internet connection is not great, but we love the conversation we're having. So we still we still find the internet connection bearable. You know, we still go, you know what? The internet connection is what it is. We're still going to fight it. We're still going to push on because we have a love for the conversation. But if I didn't love Jacob and I didn't love this conversation, then I would have already slammed my laptop in anger and walked out of this room. So <laughs> it just goes to show you, it's really important to have something that you love. Yeah, yeah. That's profound because I, like I get that sense that just the love and the wanting like, yeah, the, the internet is, is trash, but it doesn't really matter. Like, we can forgive it because the, the conversation is so good. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, Kuzi, I, I want to ask you specifically, how, like, what is it, like, someone, maybe they're, they're kind of feeling kind of, uh, you know, a bit stuck or whatever, right? What should they do if they're feeling stuck in life? Like, what should they do? Right. You know what? I, I, I do want to say before I answer that question, I've always felt a bit odd answering questions like that. Like, because I've always felt like, you know, who am I, right? Like, I'm just some kid. I, I exercise a bit, but I haven't even made it far into my chosen fields of exercise it's not like I've finished uni or anything. So I've always felt very insecure whenever people ask me for advice. I'm like, you shouldn't be asking me, ask somebody else. But then I think to it and I think, okay, when I was first starting off, there were people who are roughly in the position I am today who were giving me advice and it was invaluable to me. So I kind of owe it to other people to do the same for them if they haven't even started with anything. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. So now speaking on your question, I'd say if, Somebody is in the position similar to where I was, where they they don't have any they don't have any clear like passion or any clear goals, and they're feeling a bit lost. A feeling I totally get. What what worked for me was, if your problem is that you've been overthinking so much, you have to do what will make you really uncomfortable, which is to not think at all. <laughs> and then to just do the first thing that comes to your mind. Honestly, that's all, like, honestly, like I, I reached a point in my life where I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the first thing that comes to my mind. And like the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, you should work in construction. Oh, I didn't give that more than two minutes of thought. And I was like, all right, done. And I've been working construction for the past like nine months now. Right. And I thought, oh, you should do kickboxing. And I've been doing that for like nine months as well. Gym as well. Like I just did the first thing that came to my mind because I recognized all right, my problems overthinking. So to, the best way to combat overthinking is probably to do much, much less thinking. And you might reach a point where you're not thinking things through enough and making some stupid decisions. I know I've been there. 
but at least at least you will deal with your initial problem that way wow could i that's really that's profound like it it seems like even in, in giving advice like not feeling qualified in starting life and getting everything started it seems like the key there is getting out of your mind mm, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so what is it about just getting out of our mind that that does that it, well, you know, it's, um, it's, um, have you heard of flow state? I have heard of this. Well, flow state is this beautiful thing that happens where you, uh, I guess the best way to, uh, the way Jordan Peterson described it. Um, I really love the way he described it. He said that flow state is where you are exactly where you're meant to be. Um, where you just have this sense of rightness. And I, and I think that goes back to the wisdom thing you were talking about before of knowing what the right answer for you is, what you need in that moment. When you're in that state, it feels like everything's effortless, right? Uh, you know, I'll be kickboxing and we'll get into that flow state sometimes where you're not thinking about how to move, how to land the shots, how to do anything. You're just doing it. You're one with the movements. Um, and, and, and that's a beautiful state to be in. And I feel like when you're in that state, you just understand yourself like intrinsically you just understand what it is you're meant to do you can just do it effortlessly and i feel like that only happens when you're doing something you genuinely enjoy without without thinking about what you're going to get out of it without thinking about the rewards without having anxiety and fear around it you just get into it in the moment and i feel like i feel like that's something that like i certainly aspired that to be my waking default state so i guess i would frame it like this you know, when you're in that flow state where you're doing things out of a place of genuine passion and love, it's a beautiful state to be in. And it's something that you can have in any situation. So you could just be making your coffee in the morning and you just feel like everything's right. You just feel calm and peaceful. But for most people, realistically, especially given that a lot of people will live in a constant state of anxiety and fear, it's not realistic to say, okay, I want to be in a flow state all the time which is why I think it's a great idea to start with something you're passionate about. Because when you're doing something you're passionate about, generating that flow state becomes easy. And then once you've generated that flow state and you've experienced it in just kickboxing or in just whatever it is you're passionate about, it might just be you really like painting or you really like bird watching. You go out and you start watching those birds and then you're just transfixed and engaged and nothing in the world matters. But once you've experienced that bird watching, you can learn to experience that when you're doing your chores, when you're doing the stuff that you don't want to do. And then the stuff that you don't want to do, it transforms from something you don't want to do into something you don't mind at all. You don't love it, but you don't mind it at all. You can go through it without even needing to stress about it, without complaining about it. Whoa, that's that's massive. That is massive. And I've never heard that description of the flow state. And I, I feel, comparing to my experience, it feels quite like nice and accurate. And I guess because like, like is is there? I think what comes up for me and maybe for anyone else is that, what if I'm not like, what if because I'm not supposed to be where I am right now, and then I should be doing something else that I should be somewhere else. Is that is that what keeps us out of the flow? I I actually, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, I mean, when I think about it, I feel like, and it's it's not about 
what exactly it is you're doing, but also about the reasons why you're doing it. See, when you, when you start doing something you're passionate about, it teaches you to be selfless in, in a certain way. The reason it teaches you to be selfless is because it makes you learn to forget about yourself. You learn to forget about yourself, and then you're just engaged in whatever activity it is you're doing. And then you can act from a place of passion, of love, of, of curiosity. But obviously, we all have different motivations. A lot of people will be motivated by stuff like envy, stuff like jealousy, stuff like um, anger or rage or desire. I feel like, you know, when you're in a state where you're constantly desiring things, you, you'll feel miserable. No matter what you're getting, you'll feel miserable because the mind is whatever you, the mind is whatever it gives itself attention to. So one of the things I've learned from psychology, among other things, is that your mind will give you more of whatever you put in it, right? You are what you think of. Um, or, you know, the, the color of your soul is the color of your thoughts. I don't know. I'm, I don't think I'm saying the quote right. But um, <laughs> the, the, the point is, um, when, you're, when you're constantly searching for external validation or for external success, it just teaches you to want that stuff more. So, so say right now you really want money. If you have that mindset, then you want more money later on, right? And it becomes this self, like self strengthening, self, self perpetuating feedback cycle. Whereas when you fill your mind with, okay, I'm really curious about this. I'm really passionate about it. I really, I just want to be engaged and then pay attention to it. Then it teaches your mind to let go of external validation it teaches your mind to let go of desire it teaches your mind to just absorb whatever whatever's happening in front of you and and i think that's what gets you to a place where you feel like you know you are doing what you should be doing that's beautiful that's beautiful i love even from the start of that like learning to forget yourself um some things you don't mind and and being absorbed into your passion and what you're, what you're doing right now. Mm. It, it seems to me cause that the more that we forget ourselves, the better our lives, our lives seem to get. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's the massive irony of it though. That's the massive irony of it because like when it comes like, how do I explain it? Okay. I would say, you know, I, I look at my mindset back and say high school, right? And, and I would think, and I would think, oh man, I want, I want money. I want girls. I want to look good. I want to have, I want to be big. I want to be strong, all of that. And like, no, like no matter how much I would try and motivate myself to go and get those things, I just couldn't put in the work for it. I wouldn't be motivated to go to gym. I wouldn't be motivated to, uh, you know, like talk to girls, anything. But when I stopped caring about all that stuff, that's the irony of it. When I learned to stop caring about it and I was just in the place of doing whatever I felt like I should be doing and doing whatever I was curious about, doing whatever I loved, then I found that I was starting to get all the things that I previously wanted. And I would just, I would laugh at it. I'd be like, this is so weird. Like every time I try and get it, I, I can't. But whenever I stop caring about it, I just, it just starts falling into place on its own. <laughs> And that's like, that's the thing that I'm like over the past, like I'd say nine months, I've been absolutely obsessed and enamored by that fact. The fact that there's this massive irony at play in the universe where it seems like the more you, like the more you think about something, the less you'll less likely you are to get it. It's like, um, like I see on YouTube, all those dating coaches and all that. 
most of the time they just spew bullshit but um a lot of the time they'll be like um you know if you play hard to get or whatever it makes the other person want you more it's like that but like with the universe does that make sense <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome and that makes a lot of sense to me i i've felt i've felt that before i guess the question is why why then do we still stay to being needy and having our desires and and feeling like we should have something like why why do we still stick to that mm, that's a really good question um i would say i would say for a lot of people it might just be because nobody's shown them a better way oh yeah wow wow nobody's shown you a better way and the way the mind works is is so efficient at doing the things it knows will be okay for it like and th- that's the cool thing about it once you rewire your mind and once you change the way your mind works it, it will stick to that right like at this like I, I like i don't i don't second think going to the gym for example right just because my mind already knows okay because the gym is good for you. You like going gym. So we're not going to spend time stressing about it. We're not going to spend time being anxious about it. So if a lot of people are wondering, why is it that I'm stuck in these bad habits? I think a lot of the time, I think the difficult reality to accept is that whatever bad habits you have, they were, they're useful survival mechanisms. They're useful coping mechanisms. And you don't have a better way. So you just go, fuck it. All right, this works. I'm going to stick with it. So you don't second think, whatever bad habit it is, whether it's spending all of your time watching Netflix or whatever, right? Like you, you will know what that is for you, but let's say it's watching Netflix. If your mind knows, okay, because he's safe and comfortable watching Netflix, this works, whatever's out there in the world. We don't know if it works. We don't know if it's going to be dangerous, if it's going to hurt us. So we're going to just stick here and watch Netflix. We're not going to second think this decision. And then people will wonder, why am I in this situation where without even thinking about it, it's been eight hours and I've been binge watching Netflix, but I can't get myself to go up and go for a walk, or I can't get myself to go up and get some work done. It's because nobody taught you to do that stuff. And you've taught yourself or other people have taught you how to watch Netflix and you realize that that's safe, that works, that keeps you comfortable and you decide to just stay there. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, that's profound. And you know, the funny thing is, is that I think I've kind of come to terms that we are creatures of, of comfort, but the funniest thing is, is that like of recent, I've I've found it very much more comforting, comforting and comfortable for me to think less of myself and, and to think of, of the individual that I'm serving or, or put that focus out on others. And and I think that's it, it's freeing to just free yourself from from the equation in, mm. in that sense. Absolutely. That's profound. Yeah, that's profound. Um and and the the other thing about comfort, this is this is a really fascinating thing I learned. I learned this from the neuroscientist Andrew Huberman. Actually, I don't, I don't know if um you've heard of him, Jacob. I've shared some videos of his to you, um, but you might not know the name. Uh, anybody listening to this, search him up. He's a great neuroscientist. He works over at Stanford. He's done a lot of incredible work. Um, and one of the things he talked about was comfort. Like your brain doesn't like your brain doesn't actually know the difference between something that's comfortable and uncomfortable. It's just what you think is comfortable and uncomfortable. What could you repeat yeah. that? 
Sorry, what the heck? Your brain doesn't actually know if something's comfortable or uncomfortable. It's just what you think of it, right? Let me explain. Something like, let's say, cleaning at sewage is objectively uncomfortable, right? Because you're going to get messy. It's going to be physically challenging. It's going to be so on and so forth, right? Yeah. And something like um, just watching Netflix at home is physically comfortable. You're going to be safe. You're going to be warm and protected. Just relax, right? But actually, your brain doesn't actually know that. Like your brain just has a mental image of Netflix that says, okay, this is comfortable and has a mental image of cleaning at sewage, which says this is uncomfortable. But there's really objectively like your body can't tell the difference between the two. Your body will just react however it needs to react. It's literally your mind's, your mental idea of it. It's just like that with fear. It's not like things are objectively scary or things are objectively not scary. It's that your mind thinks that it's bad or your mind thinks that it's dangerous. And that's what creates the fear. So you can actually make yourself comfortable in times of discomfort. You can learn to find comfort in discomfort. I think if you do that, then a lot of problems just get solved like that. That's, that's really beautiful because I feel like what that does, it, it discounts comfort and discomfort altogether. And mm. what's left on the table is, is kind of what, what do you want? Yes, exactly. Exactly right. Mm. Yeah, that's profound. Oh. I guess my next question would be, Around um, just imperfection, being being comfortable in imperfection and doing a, a, a you know, an even a half a half-assed job or something like that. I just want to, Kuzi, could you speak to that being imperfect and going out there and and learning? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Jacob, you want to pause the um, you would you would you mind pausing the recording for a second or yeah. uh, just cutting this part out? Yeah. So Kuzi just pulled me aside and um, <laughs> we had a little chat. And Kuzi, let's send it, man. Let's go there. <laughs> All right. Well, actually, so Jacob, you're talking about, you know, finding like, you know, becoming comfortable with failure and being imperfect and all of that. Well, actually, you taught me a very valuable lesson about this because I, I, I used to be a big like perfectionist and I got to do things right and whatever. But me and Jacob, so for everybody listening, me and Jacob, we'd go out to the clubs. And we'd, we'd want to talk to people. We want to like get, get ourselves out there, get on the dance floor, talk to girls, all of that. Right. But we get there and I just see Jacob's going off. He's talking to everybody. He's life of the party, but I'm just standing there and I'm feeling anxious and insecure. And I'm like, Jacob, what do I do, bro? And Jacob taught me this amazing lesson that I carry with me. Like every time I go out, which was just get rejected early on. Like go up to the first person you see, say the stupidest thing you can imagine. And they might have a weird reaction. They might be like, what? Like, like you just go up to somebody and be like, uh, um, I love you. And they might be like, <laughs> and like worst case scenario, they'd be like, what? Or like best case scenario, they'd be like, I love you too. Right. And, and what that teaches you to do is it, it shows you, okay, this is what failure is. And once you get, this is what failure is. You realize Failure itself is not that bad. It's again, it's it's your mental idea of failure. It's the mental conception you have of it. Since you mentally equate failure as this horrific thing, which is incredibly embarrassing, you are terrified of doing anything that might lead you to failure. 
But once you show yourself early on into the night or early on into whatever activity you're doing, that failure isn't actually life-threatening, it's not going to cure you, then you can actually work with failure and feel completely comfortable around it. And then you reach a point where, let's say you're clubbing or let's say you're in a social situation, you feel comfortable saying anything to anyone because you realize, okay, no matter what I say, I'm not going to die. It's not going to be nearly as bad as my mind's going to think it's going to be. I can actually... I can actually just have fun here. Yeah, that's and then and then as Jacob very well knows, that's exactly what we go out and do. We have fun. Oh man, that's it's literally so true. Cause like, and thank you, thank you for that attribution. But I will say, I learned so much from you, cause and your enthusiasm and just your ability to talk to anyone and just really connect and deeply connect in, in any situation. And I, I think it does make it. Um, really fun. And I think what I would like to speak to authentically is that sometimes, and like even just recently of late, I, I get caught up in my head. I, I create stories and I, I almost take myself out of the game, uh, not just in like, you know, club social settings, but just in, just in things in general, I guess, um, I guess I, and I've just literally had this realization now, I get in my head about not wanting to get in my head. <laughs> so, Quiz, I guess my next question, and I just, I, I want to just open it up and let's just t- talk some insight to it, is that how do we get out of, how do we get out of our heads and kind of forgive ourselves for being in our heads in all situations, in the club, in things like, like, is it okay just to be in your head? Yeah, that's a real tough one. Every like, I feel like everybody who's kind of on our path, Jacob, experiences that exact problem. You reach this point in your life where you're not in your head, you're in the flow, you're doing things spontaneously, it's beautiful, you love it, you love every second of it. And then, bam, anxiety, bam, like desire, bam, whatever, right? It, it comes back in. You're like, why did this come back in? Did I fuck up? Like, something happened it just happens. It just happens. And then you beat yourself up like crazy about it. But what I would say is one of the most valuable lessons I've ever learned. I'd say probably the most valuable lesson I've ever learned is to realize that there's no up without down, that there's no, there's no victory without the possibility of defeat. And so what that means is if something was easy to do, you would not want to do it. You wouldn't. It, it would it would just be boring to you. And that's actually it, going back to that flow state. They've done studies in Stanford and Harvard and all the top Ivy League universities. And what they found is that the flow state doesn't just exist like that. It actually exists in a state where you always, where you're experiencing some amount of stress. So, so it's actually, if you look at a performance um, and stress curve, right? So if you had like a y-axis that was performance and an x-axis that was stress, right? No, no, sorry, switch those around. <laughs> switch those around, I got them the wrong way. If you had the y-axis as stress and the x-axis as performance, what you actually find is if you have a task which is very low in stress and you're doing it, your performance is also going to be really low. And the reason for that is because you're going to be bored out of your mind. <laughs> if the stress is too high, then we've all experienced that. That's when you're when your mind's going crazy, you're overthinking, you can't act, you can't think right, you don't want that. But if you, have a, if you have a situation where the stress is optimal, 
And what that means is that stress is enough to make you go, okay, this is important. We need to work on this, but it's not so much that you're crippled. So whenever you experience the whole, you know, the negative mindset coming back, the stress and anxiety coming back, realize that this isn't a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. And the good thing is that it's setting you up for future success. So right now you're going through something difficult, but it's good that you're going through something difficult because when you overcome it, there'll be a reward on the other side. You will feel proud of yourself for getting through it. You will experience victory at getting through it. And that's a beautiful thing, I think. Wow. So the the beautiful thing here is that coming to peace with with the challenge with the with the plateau and 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 rising to higher levels of performance and in order to do that we do get caught up in in our our failures in in our learning and you know because i think the, the funny thing is is that every time i drop out of my mind again i, I drop out of it in a deeper in a deeper way like my performance becomes larger. It's like almost magnified. Mm. Um, I, I, I feel like I spend less time. I let I spend less time being so caught up, and just really love and get excited when there's that that fear and challenge. Like, it, like, because I know that growth is coming. So I guess, like, you you have your ups and downs, but I guess in a way as well, you're 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 actually just going up. Like when, if you look at it, you're always going up in a way. Mm. Do you believe mm. that that is the case? Could you speak to that? Mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, I, I think it depends on how you go about it because there are a lot of, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people that are maybe not going up. Um, <laughs> I know at one point in my life, I definitely wasn't going up. I was going down, but well, so, so going back to the whole, you know, if for there to be an up, there needs to be a down. What I've learned is it's about dopamine circuits, right? We all have these dopamine circuits in the brain and dopamine is, is pleasure. It's not exactly pleasure, but roughly speaking, it's pleasure. And what I've learned is if you want to have an excess amount of dopamine released, then you need to have a period of time where there's a dopamine drop. So if you're having, so if you're having an experience where there's a high dopamine, and that means you're experiencing a lot of pleasure, but that means you need to experience a drop in dopamine. The other thing about dopamine I've learned is you can choose when that drop and when that high comes. That's the fascinating thing about it. And I think that's what decides whether or not you're going up or whether you're going down. So like I said, like you're always going to have experiences where you don't feel great. No matter how well you're doing in life, you will have experiences where you don't feel great. But whether or not you're doing well for yourself, whether or not you're being wise about things, I think that comes down to whether or not you put the cart before the horse. And what what I mean by that is when you decide to sit down and watch Netflix, right, you're at a baseline dopamine, right? So you're here, you're feeling okay, you're not feeling spectacular, but you don't feel terrible. And then you decide to watch Netflix. And then you feel really good for a couple of hours. You're laughing at your favorite TV show, you're eating a couple of snacks, it tastes good, life is good. And so then that's that dopamine high. You're experiencing that early on. You went from baseline to a dopamine high. And then what's going to happen is you're going to experience a crash. And that crash is going to come after you've experienced that high. But the other way to do it is to go, okay, you're in a baseline dopamine state. And then you go, look, I want to do something that's interesting. I want to do something that's good for me. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to go out. I'm going to 
um, work on this assignment, I'm going to whatever. You decide to put yourself through something that's challenging for you, that's difficult for you, but that's meaningful for you. And what that means is what you will experience is you will experience a dopamine low as you start working, right? So as you start working out and, and, and your muscles start to hurt, you'll experience that dopamine low. You'll feel bad, but you'll push through and you'll be excited to push through and then you'll experience that high. And, and so when you're doing that, you're still experiencing the downs, you're still experiencing the ups, but you're doing it in a way which builds to your life. You're setting yourself up for future success because then you'll go up, you, you start from baseline, you go down, then you'll go back up, and then you come back down to baseline, and then you can decide to do it all over again. You can decide to push yourself against something else, right? So you can go to the gym, you 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 feel anxious before you hit your workout, but then after your workout, you feel incredible. And then you decide to go out or then you decide to do an assignment or whatever it is. And you can just keep that process going. And it, each time it builds to your, it builds to whatever you're doing in your life. Wow. So, cause this is, I, I'm kind of starting to have a little bit of a breakthrough on this one because every time that I've heard the whole thing of those ups and downs in life, I always hated that because I thought, you know, how do I, you know, how do I get that sucks? Like, I don't want life to be up and down, up and down sort of thing. Mm, yeah. But um, it. It, that is, that is the nature of life. And what you've said there, which kind of struck a chord with me is that the dopamine will boost you to go work out. Right. But then you get that drop and that drop is, is when you have your, your rest, like you're, you're feeling physically depleted. You must have your rest. And and if you don't rest, you you you'll fuck you sorry you'll mess up your body. <laughs> Not trying to swear on this podcast, <laughs> even though I have anyway. Um, if you don't rest, you'll mess up your body and you'll get worse and worse and you'll damage yourself. Mm. But if you get that that marker to to rest and you completely rest, you come back stronger and motivated for an for an up anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I guess my my question is is that. If you're in a down, is it is it safe to let yourself just rest for a while? And will that spark come back? If you're in a down, well, it depends on yes, but I would say no. I would I would I would frame it as I would, actually I think this might be a point where we disagree actually. Oh, interesting. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah, let's go. Um, I, I, I've always believed that when you're experiencing that down, it's actually a signal for you to do something. Ooh. Right. So, and I think the problem is with wanting to go up. Like, I think that when you're down, you're, you're meant to experience that so that you are motivated to go up. Right. So, for example, and, and, and that might be resting. That might be resting. It might be that you're feeling terrible because you've pushed your body too much. And then your body's telling you, you, you feel crap and your body's telling you, okay, you need to rest now. You need to rest now and then you'll feel better. But whatever it is, the, the, doing the task is what's going to make you feel better. So if you're, feeling, if you're feeling bad, if you're like, let's say you're on a night out and you're feeling bad because you're not talking to enough people. Well, what's the solution to that? The solution to that is to talk to more people. That's what's going to make you feel better. That's what's going to get you the up. And that's why the down is so important. Because if you didn't have the down, you wouldn't be motivated to go towards the up. You could just chill out. Wow. Wow. Okay. 
So essentially the down is like a, it's sometimes a trigger to rest, but then sometimes it's a trigger for you to break into action. Yes, exactly. And, and of course, it depends on what the situation is. But I think generally the down, whether it's a trigger to rest or it's a trigger to do more, it's a trigger. It's a really important trigger. It's like emotions. Emotions also are a trigger. They, they are an insight. They, they teach you more about where you are and where you need to go. Like that's what, that's what it exists for. It's like, why do we experience this to begin with? Why do we experience hunger? So that we know to eat. So when we experience hunger, that's how we, and so, and also going back to the whole, there's no up or that down. Like if you didn't experience that feeling of hunger, you wouldn't experience that satisfaction of having the meal. Yes. yes. So, so if you, but if you take it as, um, but if you take it as I always want to be up, then you're going to be eating all the time and you won't always be up, but you'll still be eating way too much food. <laughs> oh, okay. Awesome. Could you, so th- there's kind of a, a rhythm there to, to life sort of thing. Mm. That's, that's yeah. what I found. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause could you, could you speak to how, how we come to peace with the ups and downs and the rhythm of life? Oof, it's a hard task, brother. It's a hard task. It took me some time to get my head around it. And, and I guess it goes back to the whole, you know, when you're passionate about something, you won't mind doing things that you don't like. You won't mind waking up early. You won't like, I hate waking up early. I'm not a morning person. Right. But the job I work and I could easily work a different job, which doesn't have early mornings, but I love my job. And I have to wake up at four thirty, five 5 o'clock in the morning for it. I do that without complaining, without hesitation, right? Just because I, I, enjoy, uh, I enjoy the job, so it just seems worth it. So similarly, when you have something that's giving you rewards that – when you have something that's so good for you that you don't mind putting going through pain, going through discomfort, then suddenly you realize, okay, these downs, they're here, but – I'll live with it. I don't mind it. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. And then you make your peace with it. And then you learn to appreciate it as it is. And you learn to go, okay, no, I actually want things to be this way. I actually like that. I have to struggle to get what I want. I actually like that. I have to, that I don't always feel great because that makes the great times even more special. Beautiful. So it's like, um, it's not getting a rid of, it's not getting rid of the lows, um it, it's changing kind of relationship to them yeah changing your relationship almost almost like um like with that spark like comes back to the whole spark thing like if you've got the spark you, you won't mind um the lows and and even in a way even the ups like i i guess the sense in a sense that the ups like yeah it's an up and then there's going to be a down and they'll be up and they'll be down and you come to peace with all of it in a way yeah, you're just like, that's the process. You're like, this is the process. I enjoy the whole process. You have to, it, it's not going to start off that way. It's not going to start off that you are in love with both the ups and the downs. It's going to start off with you just want the ups. You don't want the downs, but you find something that's giving you those ups and you're still experiencing the downs. But then you learn to realize that that's part of the process. You learn to become absorbed in the process. And then you realize well, look, I love the entire process, including the downs. And then you appreciate it. You appreciate taking time to rest. You appreciate um, that feeling when you're um, on the drive back from practice or from training and you have that soreness. You like you learn to love that feeling of muscle soreness. You love you learn to love that experience of hunger. You learn to love all of it. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in the world, like our, our seasons, there's, there's the winter, um, like the summer, you know, I guess that, that those are cycles as well. Yeah. Um, and I guess like in the past, I've always had a bias towards summer, like summer's the best, summer's this, oh no, winter. But, you know, I guess as, as I've become older, I've started to see more so the beauty of winter, how you can have these gorgeous mornings where you're breathing in the cold air and you you look out. There's kind of a beauty to, to the cycle. Mm. And, and, and it's almost now that I see more beauty in summer as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I, I completely relate to that. It's like, it's like, you know, one of my favorite feelings um, on uh, um when I go to work, one of my favorite feelings is it's, it's, it's usually it's cold as in the morning and you, you know, you're touching, you're touching all the um, equipment and the machinery and it's all cold as to touch, right? Because <laughs> it's metal and it's, and it's, it's early in the morning. It's seven in the morning. It's freezing. The sun's not out. You feel miserable, right? And I would hate that feeling. And I'd be like, just waiting, like, please, can the sun come out? But when that sun, like, like that ray of light finally hits you and you just feel the sun on your skin, oh, it's the most incredible feeling, right? Wow. But you don't get to experience that unless you experience that miserable coldness. <laughs> and so then, but what happens is when you realize that, then you don't mind the miserable coldness. You enjoy it. It actually makes you excited. You're like, oh, I feel miserable right now, but that's good because that means the sun's going to come out and that's going to feel really good. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome that like really whenever awesome. i'm going to training i'll have this specific anxiety this um this specific feeling in my stomach um that i used to just hate it felt like i was kind of like a bit sick and nauseous but i realized that's my that's my nervous system and my immune system ramping itself up preparing itself to go through something and once i realized that i i get excited when i get that feeling i'm like oh yeah it's gonna be a good one today Wow. That's, that's really profound because I guess for, like what, what I've just realized is that there's the ups, there's the downs, there's the different feelings, right? But it's almost like, um, like well, I guess here's the thing, Kuzi, what does coming to peace, like I feel like coming to peace with the ups and downs has a direct impact on our performance and our consistency and, and even our ability to, to like, I, I don't know. I feel like it does have an impact. Like, I, I feel like it, it allows us to keep showing up because we can bear all parts of it. But what would you say? Because that that having that that appreciation for both both the ups and downs, how does that directly affect our performance and our ability to learn? Well, look, I'll put it this way. Hmm. I'll put it this way. Okay, that's a that's a wonderful wonderful topic you're t- touching on there, Jacob. Um, and I, it reminds me of a quote I heard on a different podcast the other day. Um, the quote was, um, he who loves walking will get much further than he who loves the destination. Oh, oh, that's beautiful. Mm. I thought it was. And so I would say like, if we're doing, let, let's say you're in kickboxing sparring, right? Mm. The person that just wants to beat me is not going to make it as far as me. Somebody who really loves kickboxing and loves the intricacies and and the nuances of it right just because my mind is in such a different place to he's he's just thinking about oh, i just want to get this guy down i just want to get him i just i want to just beat him i want that title of you know, that i beat him whereas if you're acting from a place of okay I, I enjoy this whole process then you're you're seeing things that 
he can't see. You're you're seeing like I don't know how to describe it. It's just that if you're if you're if you're a school student, if you're a HSE student and you really enjoy the class and schoolwork you're doing, then you're automatically going to be finding information that nobody else is finding. You're automatically going to be thinking about it when nobody else is thinking about it. You're going to be looking at angles that nobody else wants to look at. You're going to be putting in work that nobody else wants to put in work too. And you're going to be doing all of that without even thinking about it just because you're enjoying yourself. Wow. Just because you're enjoying yourself, you'll be sitting in bed at night before you go to sleep and you'll still be thinking about schoolwork just because you enjoy doing it. And that's mm-hmm. going to get you much further than the person that's just thinking about, okay, I need to get 65% on this. And they're going to be looking because when you're looking at just getting to an objective, right? That's the thing. If you're looking about just getting to an objective, whatever it is, then your mind is just going to be looking for the most efficient way to get there. It's going to be looking at the least um, the path of least resistance to get there, right? Whereas when you're operating from a place of, okay, I want to fully immerse myself in this, then your mind is looking for ways to do as much as it can. And so if, like, if you put me, if you put somebody who's looking to do as much as they can against somebody who wants to do as little as they can, who's going to win? The guy who wants to do as much as he can. <laughs> Always the guy who wants to do as much as he can. Mm. Yeah, this is this is a phenomenal realization and and beautifully sharp distinction between um, the individual who is focused on on the ends versus the individual who slowed it down and just loves the ups and downs. Like it's almost like there's the one who loves the winning, and then there's the one who loves the training and loves the game. And yes, it seems like to me because that love it is the distinct performance factor that, that raises all variables. It, it seems to me, and, and the funny thing is, is that whatever you, you love is, is almost where you're meant to be. That's, it's the love that puts you in the flow. As, yes, as you're saying. the reason you experience that love, like why do you experience that love? It's because the universe, God, whatever it is you want to call it, 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 it instilled that spark in you. And said, okay, this is what you're capable of. This is what you're meant to do in the world. Because whatever it is that you love doing, like, you know, there's a lot of talk about helping people and 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 making the world a better place. I, I think maybe the best way to do that is to do what you love. Because in the process of doing what you love, you become a light to other people. You become an inspiration to other people. Ooh. And without even trying to, you're not trying to inspire other people. You're just doing what you want to do. But, you know, people like that. People always like that. And, and you get rewarded for that as well. And, uh, you know, one of the things I got hung up on is, you know, I, I went from a place of very much concerned about winning, very much concerned about the external markers of success to a place where I was very much concerned about the process. But then as you're in the process, you will start to experience the eternal external markers of success, Right. My physique got better. My confidence went up. I could talk to women easier, so on, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, there's people saying, oh, wow, you're doing really well, congratulating you, so on and so forth. And I, I remember I'd start to feel guilty when I would experienced that because somebody would compliment me on how I looked or whatever. And I'd, I'd be like, oh, thanks. And I'd feel really good. And then I'd start to feel guilty because I since I would gotten so much into the mindset of focusing on the process, I started feeling guilty about enjoying the success that comes with it. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's not about not, it's not about not enjoying, like 
it's not like you if you're focused on just doing business for example right it's not like you won't enjoy the fact that you're making money it's not that you won't enjoy the luxury or the the success it's just that you're not focused on it you you're not that's not what you're thinking about day in and day out day in and day out you're thinking about the process the the what comes next and but i think it's important to when you get those external markers you can just look up for a second and go wow this is really nice this is beautiful and then you get straight back to it yeah this is this is very productive i cuz it it sounds like to me and this is something i've been thinking about is that if we strip away outcome if we strip away outcome from from a mindset what what you're left with is just loving what you're doing like the, the need for outcome it's like that need or that desire for wanting this wanting that the moment we strip it away there's the love there's the performance and you, you're free to enjoy and, and and have that passion absolutely yeah exactly right so i guess because how, how does one strip away outcome like i guess i guess because um if if that's the thing that's limiting our love of our life and our performance, how does one strip that away? Mm. Well, I think one way, certainly, going back to the whole overthinking problem, right? It's like, how do you deal with overthinking? Don't think more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that doesn't help much. You're just going to start thinking about not thinking. So then just focus on doing things where you aren't thinking right? Just start talking to people. If you're talking to people, you can't be thinking. If you're in the middle of workout program, you can't be thinking. You're just doing whatever it is in front of you. So I think, I think the best way to go about that would be, and what I use even now when I start finding myself caught up in that is to just focus on the next step, focus on the next breath. I think that's why breath work is so incredible and meditation is so incredible because it just teaches you to focus on the next, next breath next breath next breath and you're just so focused on that you can't think about anything else so if you're struggling with focusing or caring about things you shouldn't care about just focus on what's whatever is in front of you whatever situation you're in right now right now i'm talking to you so i'm just going to try and focus fully on this conversation and on understanding you and on communicating myself to you so i think you can do that in any situation it's, you know, it's difficult to do in any situation. Certain situations will make you want to just get up in your head, but it's a practice, right? It's not, it's not overnight. It's a practice. It takes time and commitment, but you can, you can be making your coffee in the morning and just focus on making your coffee perfectly. Like make, if you're making breakfast, just make the best breakfast for yourself. You can, you're walking just, if you're walking outside, you're walking to the whatever then just focus on appreciating the walk as much as you can. Look at the trees, look at the sky, look at the birds, listen to the noises, see the people, whatever. And when you're focused on doing that kind of stuff, then you can't be focused on, oh, I want money, I want this, I want that. It's, uh, that's, that's, it's like, I guess it's presence, really. And, and the funny thing is that a lot of, um, there's that sense of sentiment that, or just being present means that you're you're doing nothing and you're just sitting on your couch. But because it's almost like what you said that by doing things and getting out there into the world and playing the game full out, you become more present. Exactly, exactly right. Yeah, 
hundred percent. Yeah. I'm just I'm telling yourself things to do, coming up with things you want to do. That's already, you're already more present. You're already more engaged with your life. Yeah. So Kuzi, say if someone is doing something or being somewhere that they, they, they kind of feel like, oh, this is a waste of time or, or this isn't for me sort of thing. They're kind of thinking that. Um, could, could, would there be a possibility for them to just become present with that? Should, should one become present with something that they don't see as, as valuable? That's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Because, you know, if you're doing something, if you're doing something, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because I think, I think if you're, if you're in a situation where it's important, but it, you know, it, it comes down to self-knowledge, I, I reckon, because are, are you not present with it because you have fears, anxieties, mental images built up that are stopping you or are you not present with it because you're genuinely meant to be doing something else because there's something better you could be doing that you're not. And I think you can only realize that uh, I think only you yourself can answer that question. Like nobody else can answer that for you. Like nobody else can tell you if you're meant to be passionate about whatever it is you're doing. If you're meant to have whatever job you have, you have to be able to know yourself well enough to go, okay, this is genuinely what I want, or this is genuinely not what I want. But I guess if you're in a position where you don't know that, then maybe it's a good idea to work at it until you're somewhat successful at it so that you know that the reason you gave up, if you give up on that, isn't because you were afraid or because you couldn't do it, but because you chose not to. Well, that's profound. So it's almost like um, it's really really kind of finding what you want, like it. And and at the end of the day, you're you're. It's not because you weren't excellent or any particular thing. It's because you you chose not to. It was a it was a choice. Yeah. And it's almost like the answer. I know it sounds corny. Is within. <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Because when I first started exercising, I would have doubts and I would have, oh, I can't do this, whatever. But I just told myself, look, I might give up on this whole exercise thing, but I don't want it to be because. I couldn't do it or because I got scared, but because I knew genuinely that I, it's not what I wanted. And then I, I pushed through, I pushed through that feeling of, um, I can't do this. I'm, I'm scared, whatever. I kept going at it. And then I realized, no, I do genuinely love this. I was just being a bitch. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, because it, it's very much the same with me. It's funny you mentioned that with like, with me and my coaching career and like podcasting and content creation. Like I, I will create a mountain out of a molehill with my thought. I will just really get up in my head. And then it's funny, I'll, I'll have this thought, you know what? Hold on a second. I, I don't need to be doing this. Mm. I could just give it up. And I, I have this relief. And then all of a sudden the next day, what do I want to do? What do I do? <laughs> I, I jump on the podcast or I do a particularly I create content anyway. So <laughs> You know, it's, um, uh, that's how it goes sometimes my friend yeah, yeah man yeah yeah the, the answer does the answer does come and i guess that brings me to my next question and i think if you could share with i, I think kuz had this wonderfully profound experience in in the blue mountains and just got a lot of clarity um 
around his life. And I just remember speaking to Kuz um, after this event and just feeling the clarity and the, the beautiful simplicity of, of what was being told and, and how to find answers. Kuzi, could you speak about your experience in the mountains and what, what you learned from it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to talk about that. So backstory is I've been working out for a few months. Um, I'm ramping it up. I, but I went through a bit of a sickness. I had COVID for a bit, couldn't exercise for a bit. And that left me feeling like shit. Like it's like two weeks. I couldn't work out properly. Um, and at the same time, I was considering starting a personal training course, but it would mean I'd have to defer for a semester from Macquarie. Because uh, I'm a psychology student, I'm doing a double degree in psychology and cognitive science, and it would mean that I'd have to delay six months on my course to get that personal training course done. And so then I start having doubts, like, is this really what I want to be doing? Is this, am I really investing in this exercise thing? And I was feeling very anxious and insecure about the fact that I hadn't worked out for two weeks either because I'd been sick. And so I was really, I was really like just caught up in it all, and I didn't know what to do. And so I decided I needed to have a full day just to think things through for myself fully. And so then I was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll have a full day for myself, whatever. And one of my best friends, Angus, he, he's a restaurant manager over at McDonald's. Um, he told me about how on his off days, he would go up to the Blue Mountains by himself and just experience things up there. And that gave him a lot of clarity and it gave him a lot of, and he had a lot of fun doing it. So I thought, you know what, why not? Why don't I do that? So I wake up at like three or four in the morning and I, I catch the, I catch the bus over to Parramatta. And then from there, I catch the train line up to Blue Mountains. And I didn't have a plan. I didn't have anything. Like I had a bag, I had my laptop, I had a book, I had a journal and that was it. And I had a bottle of water. That was it. Right. And I didn't know anything like it had been a couple of years since I'd gone up to the mountains at that point. And I didn't know how things worked up there. I didn't know like, like, where do you go or anything. Right. But I decided, and I had no plan. I, I didn't know if I was going to just sit at a park and write the whole time or if I was going to walk around, whatever. No plan at all. But I go up there, I get there, and I follow, and I just, I follow the signposting. I get to Katumba, and then I go to this lookout, and it's a beautiful lookout. I spent a lot of time just admiring it and just being completely caught up and transfixed in it. And then I see these signpostings for this height. And I go, okay, I'll just give this a go. And I start walking on it. And then what do you know, six hours later, I've done a massive hike, like massive. I, I really went through yeah. it and I didn't plan it out properly either. So it was basically, I started at, at this point in Katoomba called um, um, Scenic World. And from there, I went all the way up to Three Sisters, but I went through this very long pathway that cuts down into the forest and then goes up the mountain again. So, and I didn't have enough water with me. And at, at a certain point, once you get a certain like length into it, then it's kind of too late to turn back. <laughs> so like, it's like, like I walk two hours in to the middle of the forest. And then it's like, I either keep going down the path and two hours, two, three hours later, I'll be on the other side or I turn back, but it's still a two hour walk back to civilization. Right. <laughs> and and then my, phone, my phone was on like 2% and I only had that one bottle of water with me and I'm oh. thirsty as hell and I'm pushing through and I'm struggling. And, but I, at the same time, I was having the time of my life. Like I was loving every second of it, even though it was a bit risky and a bit stupid the way I went about doing it. But 
you know, it, it, like that, that whole experience was absolutely beautiful to me because it, it taught me about the two things that I value the most. The first thing that I really value, uh, two things that I value the most in terms of my passion and my, my desire, right? Um, the first thing I realized was that I, I had this appreciation for beauty where I just love taking in whatever beautiful sights are around me. So, so I like absolutely love just being there, seeing the mountains and just being completely transfixed and engaged in the view. And the other thing I realized about myself was, okay, I really genuinely am passionate about this fitness stuff because I went up here with no plan in mind, with no goal, no nothing. But naturally, I found myself in the middle of this super challenging, super long hike, which was absolutely devastating to my legs. But I loved it. That's what I naturally gravitate towards. I naturally, without having any other plan in place, that's what I naturally want to do. So the whole experience was really beautiful for me, but it taught me a lot about myself as well. Yeah. So it's just it's just profound because there's so much there's so much there to unpack. Like I think like seeing that beauty clearing your mind and being in nature, like you said, like the specific word was realized about myself. And I think that like seems almost like wisdom, like a a pathway to wisdom. Mm. Cause would you say that it got you out of your mind? Oh, absolutely. 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 You know what? It's because it's so funny because like I went up there with this very specific problem I wanted to tackle, right? Like, Oh, should I become a personal trainer? Should I defer for uni? Should I keep going with all this exercising? Um, And should I really like ramp it up and commit more to it? So on. But what I found was like when I got there, I didn't think about those problems at all. (laughs) Like the very problems I went up there to solve, I didn't deal with them at all while I was there. I was just so caught up in the beauty and I was so caught up in just challenging myself and doing this hike that I didn't have time to think about it. But what I found was when I got back to the train station, it was like eight o'clock at night. Like I went and did the whole hike. Then I went and explored the town. I talked to the locals, went to this pub and and the guys there were mad dogs and I had a great time with them. And and I went and did all this other stuff. And then when I finally got back to the train and I sat down and I was exhausted, but then I went, Oh my God, like I was supposed to be dealing with these issues. And then I, I felt like this, strange sense of calmness and I was like but I already know the answer and then I was like okay yeah I'm gonna do this personal training thing and I absolutely love this exercise thing there's no way I'm gonna like release my foot off the pedal I'm gonna go all uh, I'm gonna go all in on it wow and so because that day of of clarity and, and slowing down and just being with yourself and doing what you want and dropping out of your mind do you feel like it's it's impacted everything you you've done since then? Oh yeah, absolutely man, absolutely like I'd say um yeah, ever since then I've just been I haven't even second I haven't second thought my exercising, I haven't second thought my plan anything. It just it gave me a sense of security in it. Uh, a sense of certainty in it, knowing that yeah, this is this is what it is for me. This is what I like to do. Is this the pathway to the spark? Well, again, it's 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 a, it's a funny thing. Like, uh, like Jacob, let me tell you how I got into all of this to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was, so when I was in year eleven, uh, we went to Solomon Islands, um, and Solomon Islands was a beautiful experience. So, for context, for everybody listening, 
when I was a kid, I wasn't a very physical kid. <laughs> it was quite the opposite of it. I like I I remember I tried out for the soccer team once and I didn't even get like selected. <laughs> but like that was the only time I ever tried out for any sports team at all whatsoever. I'd always skip PE. I wouldn't play sports during lunch. I couldn't lift 20 kilos, wasn't physical at all. Like I was always the intellectual kid or always the kid that was up to no good, but I was never the physical kid, the kid that could fight or the kid that could work out or, or, you know, whatever. And then lockdown, lockdown happened 2021. And, and then I just, I was, I just spent like four months in front of the TV, right? Mm -hmm. Just four months watching Netflix and doing nothing productive. And I hated it, but I like I was just caught up in that trap of comfort and security and and searching for dopamine. And then when lockdown was finishing, I don't know, something just, just sparked in me. Something just changed in me, and it just made me go, okay, I got to change stuff up. And and I realized that okay, overthinking has always been my problem. I got to just get myself doing something uncomfortable, something that I don't like, and see where I go from there. So I thought, okay, I'm going to sign up for construction work because I went to Solomon Islands and over at Solomon Islands, we did construction work and it was really tough. It was the most challenging thing I'd ever done, but it was also an incredibly beautiful experience. So I figured, okay, I'll start there. Now, mind you, I didn't expect to actually enjoy construction or to want to stay in it. And I decided to sign up for kickboxing as well because a friend of mine had recommended it to me once and he told me the place he had recommended. So I signed up for it. So on the same day, on the same day, I signed up for my first construction shift and for my first kickboxing class. I went and did my construction shift, broke my back, I'm super sore, like I'm, I'm limping from my side back to the train station and from there back to home. And I'm absolutely exhausted, but I signed up for this kickboxing class. I was like, screw it, I'll go. I'll just give it a go. I went ahead and did the class. And then as I'm standing outside my kickboxing gym, I look across and I see this other gym, this regular weightlifting gym. And I go, okay, I'm going to start weightlifting there as well. And again, I'm not letting my, I I don't know what sparked in me, what snapped, whatever, but I I just went, okay, I'm not going to second think any decision. If I have an idea in my head, if something pops into my mind, I'm just going to go with it. So I'm looking at this gym and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to sign up there as well. I signed up there. So in one day, I did all of these three very big, challenging things all at once. Signed up to the kickboxing place, signed up to this gym, and started working construction. And like, honestly, I just, I went from there, like I was just completely absorbed in the process, completely throwing myself into it, not expecting to enjoy it, not expecting to find myself passionate about it. But I got absolutely obsessed with it. And I was, before I knew it, I was doing things that I couldn't believe. Like I used to have a routine where I would, this is what I used to actually do. It's insane. It's not healthy. It's not super healthy, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, I would wake up at five in the morning, um, be at work by seven. And then I would work a eight, nine hour shift, really physically challenging stuff. Like for those that don't know construction, it can vary a lot. There can be a lot of jobs that are super easy and a lot of jobs that are super tough. I work as a general laborer. So most of my job is just moving heavy stuff around. Right. So it, it can be a very physically challenging job. So I'd work a full eight, nine hours doing that. And then I would quickly rush home, quickly eat something like as like quickly as I can, just down a burger or something, change my clothes, head over to kickboxing, do kickboxing for two hours, absolutely destroy myself. And then I would wait for my friend Angus to come. Um, I would go and eat Subway in the meantime. There was a Subway right next to the gym. 
I would go and eat at Subway and then he would come and then we would have these crazy long two and a half hour, three hour long workouts and completely destroy ourselves. <laughs> and, like, and it's like he would he would come in and he would he would go through this workout with me and he'd be like, you're insane. Like, how are you doing this? And he doesn't even realize all the stuff I've done already up until that point. He's just doing that gym session and going, wow, this is insane. So I was like, uh, and I'm like, so I'm finding myself doing things that I didn't even realize were possible for me. And I'm not even thinking about it. It's so, and then I would, and I would do all of that in one day, I'd be spending 14 hours just working out pretty much um, in a day. And I'd go home, I'd crash, I'd like touch my bed, and I'd be asleep. And then I'd wake up the next day, do it all over again. And so it's like, it's like, how, how was I doing all this stuff? Because like, because the the person like like two weeks before I started doing all that, it would have not been possible for me. You know what I mean? Like my body would not have been able to take it. But because I was so passionate about it and so excited about it, my mind was able to push through and and through all that physical challenge, through the pain, through the struggle, through the fear, and just do all of this stuff. And and like like I, as you're hearing the story of how it happened, it just kind of fell into place. Like I don't, I wish I had an explanation for everyone else on. Oh, okay, how do you find something you're passionate about? How do you find that spark? I wish I had an explanation, but it just happened. It just fell into place for me. So again, with the Blue Mountains thing, it just fell into place for me. Where my friend has this idea, oh, you should go up to the mountains. I go up there, and then I just find myself in this situation where I'm naturally just trying to challenge myself, and I'm just admiring all this beauty around me, and it's teaching me so much about myself. Dude, that is that is nuts, man, and and just um, because you are a nut, and I think you like in the sense that. Cause he, like I think when when you were doing this in this stage, like I I thought you were out of your mind, crazy. <laughs> but as it turns out, you were just out of your mind. Full stop. There, you were literally out of your mind. Just yeah, yeah, I was literally out of my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's not like this is a recommended path, but I got to be clear about this. Like I I I, f- I focus a lot more on rest and recovery now. Um, because like what I was doing, it's not physically healthy. Like that's too much pressure on your body. Like, <laughs> like I actually, I'm being dead serious. I genuinely don't know how I got out of all of, like that crazy routine without a serious injury. Um, <laughs> Cause it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of pressure to be putting on your body. And so like, I'd be talking to my personal trainer. I tell him I, what I was doing. He'd be like, that's a bad idea. I tell my dad, he's like, that's a bad idea. Um, I tell everybody, they're like, that's a bad idea. And so given that I was always somebody that other people were always telling me, oh, you should be doing more. My dad would say, you should exercise. My, you know, my trainer would say, you should push yourself more, whatever. To go from being that person to, to being the person where everybody's like, yo, buddy, slow down, like, chill out. Like, <laughs> like what demons are you fighting like you could go from that that extreme to the other extreme it was a very surreal experience for me mm. but that's the thing about being passionate about something you you stop caring about what other people think and like you can try and tell me this isn't safe this isn't healthy but i'm still gonna do because i love it and and that's exactly what i did and it worked out wow i, I think the beauty of of that story cause is just just the immense depth of something that just came out of you and i guess what's what's possible for for a human for humanity and anyone who finds that spark within or who 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 somehow just 
finds that passion or is fully committed and loves um, that passion. And it's a real testament to humanity, you know, what, what kind of goes on there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. And, and what I really want to emphasize with that is uh, what I want to make clear to the audience is I don't want this to just be like, oh, look, like, look at what I, what I did. But I want, I want the message of that to be clear, which is that you don't know what you're going to be passionate about. You don't know what it's going to look like. But once you find it, you will do things that you didn't believe you could. Wow. Like, uh, I, I, I guarantee you, if you put anybody else in that position, um, and they weren't passionate about fitness or exercise, unless they're like crazy strong, they're, they, they're not going to do all that. They're, they're going to work the nine hours and then they're going to go home and sleep. Like most, like I was so competitive and charged up that I would be working my shift and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to beat everybody else here. So like there'd be other laborers doing the same stuff I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to beat them. And then I'll be like, okay, I've got to double the, their work pace, right? And even with kickboxing, like I go into the class and I'd be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, like we'd be doing core exercises, that's like sit-ups, right? Like it's like I gotta be the last one doing sit-ups. I can't, I can't let anybody else finish before me. And then after that, I'd be like, okay, I gotta be the last one to leave this gym. Like nobody can leave this gym before me. <laughs> like I just set challenges like that to myself, and it's like, it's absolutely insane. But the only reason I could do it all was because I was super passionate about it. And so it's like, it's like, you know, what, and it goes back to the whole, he who loves the destination, he who loves walking will walk further than he who loves the destination, right? If you're, if you're that passionate about something, you're so charged up about it, you can just like, you can just do things that you didn't think were possible for yourself. And that's the craziest feeling in the world. It's the most beautiful feeling in the world that I've encountered, where you just, you look back when you just um, step back after a full day and you go, wow, I really put myself through everything today. I did an insane amount of stuff today and I felt happy doing all of it. Wow. That's profound. And even what you said, do things that you thought weren't possible. And that's, that's exciting because, you know, like, um, like if, if the internal factors of a human is set up like that, or in that, in that way, or applied to anything, it really feels as though you, you can achieve anything, really. Yeah, yeah. With, with with your mind like that, if you want it, if 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 you're passionate and you love it, you can endure it all, and you will love enduring it all. Absolutely, yeah. You will love it. Yeah, you'll love enduring it all. Yeah, yeah. They'll become the happiest memories for you. Yeah, that's 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 incredible. Because I guess um, I know that I know I'm trying to um, kind of like try to draw something out of you, even though you may not know or like if that if it's possible. But how does someone even look towards that? It, it came, it kind of came out of you spontaneously. But is there, I guess, is there a a pathway closer towards this? Okay. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, when I think about it. Yes, it all came out of me spontaneously. And yes, it just kind of fell into place. But it could have fallen into place. The, what the, like the regret that I have with the, the you know, there's, there's no point in holding on to regret, but I'll still experience it. When I realized, okay, I could have been doing the th- things I'm doing now years ago. Because I realized that what led me to the position I'm in right now was that 
I followed my intuition. I did the first thing that came to my mind and I just decided to see where the road takes me. So I don't think that you could replicate a story in terms of doing it exactly how I did or exactly however, who else did. But if you follow your intuition and, and see where it guides you, see where it takes you, then you will have your own story. It might be a very different story. It might be nothing to do with fitness, nothing to do with whatever, but it will still be a story that will be beautiful. If you follow your intuition, you decide to just change it up, decide to just throw your mind out the window and just get into whatever is in front of you. Yeah. Because we all have opportunities. You don't realize how many opportunities you have until you take them. Like until you, like you have no idea what you could be right now if you decide to act in a completely different way. I think the beautiful point there is just following that intuition, that, that inner guidance and, and, and getting out of your own way of following what you want to do, what you're kind of interested in. And I feel like if that point is allowed to be expanded upon within, within an individual who's listening, like even for myself, you know, I feel like then, life just opens up like the, the guide, the, the, what you want is inside you. Like that passion, that endless motivation, that love that's inside you just listen for it and get out of its way more and more. So of the time. And it's almost like um, you, you kind of find your way with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the reason I struggle so much in, in describing how to do it or, or how to, how to get started on that is, because it's not a process of adding, it's a process of subtracting. It's not that you have to come up with anything or plan it out or think it out or anything. It's the exact opposite. You have to just get out of your own way. You have to just put your mind away and see what happens. You don't know what it's going to be. You can't plan what it's going to be. That's the, that's the thing about being spontaneous. If you're trying to plan how to be spontaneous, you're not being spontaneous. To be spontaneous is to just do to not think about it, to just do. And, and there's, no, there's no shortcut. There's no system to that. There can't be a system to that because by nature, it's just, it's just free-flowing. You're just doing it. Mm, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. It's so simple. Like it, this, this boils it down to such simplicity. Don't think about, just do whatever spontaneously arises. It, it seems like um, that, that is the key here to, to everything sort of thing. Yeah. And it's like, I almost get frustrated at my younger self for thinking things were so complicated and for spending so much time trying to plan and trying to figure things out when like the answers were in front of me the whole time. Like you already know you want to talk to people. You already know you want to be fit. You already know you want to be moving. You already know you want to be doing things. So why aren't you? Well, you just caught, you're caught up in your mind. That's like, it's like everybody wants a simpler answer, but there is no simpler answer. And that's the frustrating, but funny thing about it. The funny thing about it is no matter how much you try and complicate it, you can't get away from the simple nature of it all. I think what, what else just, what else just struck me when you talked about your younger self, like, um, and keeping it simple. Like if I went back to my younger self, I would, I would whisper words of compassion into him. I would, I, would, I would free him from thinking that he had to be good enough, that he had to worry about judgment or any, any particular thing. I, I would really just free him from that. 
And I believe that, I, I honestly believe that I would just, I would love him for who he, I would try to love him. I would, I would love him for who he is. And I guess I have that sense that love has a way of freeing, freeing us from, from those limitations. So I guess, so I guess, and this is, this is what I've been kind of contemplating cause is like, the more that we love ourselves, the less that will hold ourselves back, the more that we'll forgive our expect our excuses, our limitations, and we'll just do what we love to do. Could you, could you speak to that? Do you, have you experienced something similar like that? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. So for me, sorry, I really need to think about this one. Just give me a second. Hmm. I'd say that I, I, I think that I, I might personally disagree with the whole. Okay. I, I would phrase it like this. I think a lot of people base their self-image around what they have. And again, it goes back to the whole focus on the process, not the results. thing. When you, you, you don't get to control I'm a big believer in stoicism. That's another change I made nine months ago. I got this book called Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I have it on my bedside table, read it every day. Um, And one of the major things that taught me was that you can only control what you do. You don't get to control what the world does. So no matter how dedicated I am to kickboxing, I don't get to control how good my opponent is no matter how social I'm being in a club, I don't get to control how people are going to respond to me. No matter what I'm doing, I don't get to control how people respond. And I think a lot of people have their self-image and their self-esteem based around what they have. And that involves basing it around things they can't control. So if your self-esteem is based around what people think of you, you you don't get to control what people think of you. So you are always scared and uncertain about yourself because you're always scared and uncertain about what other people think. You can never let that go. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be able to let go of that fear and that uncertainty because you're still constantly valuing what they think and you don't get to control that. But when you go over to a mindset of focusing on what you can control, okay, I get to make these decisions. I get to decide how I talk, how I carry myself, what I do with my spare time. If you're making decisions that are bad for yourself, let's say you're procrastinating, you're being lazy, you're, you're being self-destructive, then naturally your self-esteem will plummet. But when you realize you get to control all of that and you start making positive decisions for yourself, then you'll start to love yourself more and more. And you'll start to love yourself more and more because you're making decisions that you respect. Because you're making decisions, because you're deciding to be the person you want to be. You're deciding to be the person you admire. You're deciding to be the hero of your own story. You shouldn't love yourself if you're the villain of your own story. But if you are the hero of your own story, you should love yourself. You should appreciate that fact. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, it, like I find the, the, biggest, the biggest times where it's easiest to love myself is when I've done something courageous and I was afraid and I just, I can, I can find it like my, the love just comes out of me 
much easier when I'm, when I'm making decisions that are positive for myself, even in spite of something that, you know, like internal factors that may hold me back. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And because that's you deciding to be the hero of your own story. You are being the person you want to be in that situation. And that will naturally make you feel proud of yourself, will naturally make you feel in love with yourself. And that's a beautiful thing. And the craziest and the most beautiful part about that is you can always choose to have that. You will never be in a situation where you can't win that game because that's a game of deciding to be your best self. You can always decide to be your best self and nobody can take that away from you. But if your goal is based around making money or making your business successful, for example, if the economy collapses tomorrow or if Australia goes to war with, I don't know, Russia tomorrow, whatever, and the economy collapses and your business tanks, then that's your self-esteem gone, right? So if if your whole system is, okay, if my business is doing well, then I love myself. But if my business is doing badly, then I hate myself, then... For, you can never fully love yourself because your business can always go bad. And so you will always have that insecurity and you will have experiences where you hate yourself just because your business is doing well for reasons that might not even be in your control. It might not be that you did anything wrong. You might've done everything perfectly, but you still hate yourself because your business collapsed because the economy tanked. That's, I, uh, but when you set it up so that it's okay, I just want to make sure that I'm, putting my 100% into running my business. And every day, no matter what happens in the outside world, no matter what other people do, you decide to just give your business time and attention and energy and love, then you will always feel proud. Of, even if your business collapses because the economy tanked, you will still feel proud of yourself because you'll go, look, I was going through all that shit and I was still putting in the work and I was still dedicated and I was still making good decisions for the business. I still feel proud of it, even though I'm left with nothing. Yeah. So if you walk into a competition and you just decide, okay, it doesn't matter if I win or lose, as long as I make sure that I give it my best and I don't give up, then I've won. Then even if you lose the competition, you'll still feel proud of yourself. You'll still feel in love with yourself. But I do disagree with the idea that loving yourself should be intrinsic. I feel like it's something you earn, but it's not something you earn by making money or by getting a good physique or getting a girl or anything like that. It's something you earn by making the decisions that are true to yourself. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's profound. Cause I'm, I know that for me, it is easier to love myself when I am, I am making those, those decisions that I know are true to me. Yeah. Um, but I guess my question is, there's the part of me that is just lazy and and wants to relax, do nothing and just a- achieve nothing sort of thing. And I guess, and, and that's like, that's people, you know, that's people in, in the world. And I guess, cause what I would ask is that, well, I guess that there's the, there's the other question. Can, can love be encouraging that one out or outdoors or or going can 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 you love that one can we love that one in, in a way where it's not necessarily that you're you're proud of what they're doing but love them 
and 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 get them out into the world sort of thing is is that love possible and is that something that we should do yes absolutely i think that's a beautiful point you're striking there and i think it it, it comes down to look every part of yourself that you have i think it comes down to understanding your shadow i guess like you know it's like the whole concept of like are you familiar with the idea of the shadow um jacob yes i i do know but if you could just give an explanation so in psychology um there was this very famous psychologist his name was Carl Jung, and he talked about how we all have this shadow and the shadow is whatever you don't like about yourself so it's whatever whatever demons you have so it's your selfishness, it's your laziness, it's your desire to procrastinate, your desire to do nothing, your desire to even hurt other people, whatever. Whatever it is you don't like about yourself. It could be positive. It could be something you just feel guilty about, like, you know, but it's whatever you don't like about yourself. And what I've learned in my life is you have to learn to accept that you have a shadow. And when you do that, you get to appreciate your light more. Like, so what I find is that if you recognize and appreciate the fact that you have this desire for laziness, but that you still decided to do work anyway, then you get to appreciate the fact that you have that laziness there. It makes it a part of the journey, a part of the process. It makes it a part of the process because that's the victory. That's the challenge. The challenge is overcoming your shadow. So if you know that you have this laziness within you and you're scared of it and you want to pretend like it doesn't exist, but you go, no, look, I have this laziness within me. This is who I am, but I'm still going to decide to not be lazy. Then you will be really proud of yourself for deciding not to be lazy, but you won't hate that laziness within you. You, you, again, it's like having that down right? You'll begin to appreciate the downs. So you'll begin to appreciate the fact that, hey, I'm lazy, but I'm still able to do work despite being lazy. And that's, that's really something. That's something to be proud of. That's massive. So it's like, like it, you, like it could be like, a, like, like you're, you're owning your shadow, you're owning it and acknowledging that it's a part of you. And it's like, it's not like we're loving it in the sense that like I love you, I'm so you'll do so many good things for me, sort of thing, all this sort of thing, right? But you're you're kind of owning it. It's it's a part of you. It's included in you, and it's worthy to be in you because it is in you. And and then and then with that, with that, in like in spite of that, you're choosing what you desire anyway. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's not a it's not a love in the oh my god i love this so much oh my god (laughs) it's more of a it's more of a wow it's like if you it's like um it's like muscle soreness right um sometimes you might think to yourself oh man if only my muscles didn't get sore i'd be able to work out so much right (laughs) but when you realize, okay, my muscles are hurting, my muscles are feeling incredibly sore right now, but I'm still doing my workout, you, uh, you almost start to love that feeling of muscle soreness because you know that it's, it a- adds to the story. It adds to the story. It's like, it's like every good guy needs a villain, right? 
So when you realize that you have that villain inside of you, the villain is internal. It's not external. It's internal. The dragon, the 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 person you have to defeat is the man in the mirror. When you realize that, you begin to appreciate the challenge that the man in the mirror sets for you. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's an all round in enriching of of who you are and what you have, and 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 just like yeah, it seems like there's no like that part of you is valuable because it just enriches your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In, in that like, way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you are the hero and the villain in your own story. And so the hero aspect of you can only exist if the villain aspect of you exists. So and that's yin and yang. You know what? Cause as well, I found that the more I've come to peace with my laziness um, like the more I found myself just working more and doing more things, like um, it's it's very it's a strange phenomenon that when we come to peace with one aspect of ourselves, it's almost like it stops putting up that resistance, and we can just be free to do as we please. Mm, absolutely, I find actually a very similar technique where I think about all the ways that I could fuck up, <laughs> but then I learn to get comfortable with that feeling. Like, I, 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 I know that there's that specific anxiety where you wake up and you're thinking, oh, my God, I could mess this up. And then you start getting anxious and you start choking up and, and getting in your head. So I'll sit down and I'll go, okay, what are the ways in which I could actually mess up? What bad decisions could I make? Okay, well, I could forget to take care of my brother. I could do this. I could not go to work. I could not exercise, whatever, right? When I start thinking all of this through, I go, okay there's this fear and there's this very real possibility that I won't make the right decisions by myself, then it makes me more comfortable in making the right decisions for myself. You're right. It's a, it's a really strange thing in how it works. It's like when you learn to stop fearing, when you learn to stop fearing all that you dislike about yourself, then you learn to control it as well. Yeah. It's, it's funny because that's almost the theme of of the ups and downs in life, the good side, the bad side. And it seems to me it's about transcending, transcending, you know, cause I would, I would ask you one last thing. If you could say one last thing to the world or, or what would be on your heart to, to get out? What would you like to say? What would you like to express? Well, I just say, guys, look, you have no idea what you could be. You have no idea what you could do. And you have no idea how high you could go. If you were just willing to step out of your mind. I just say, look, if you saw me as a kid, I was back when I was 16, 17, you would not think that I could do any of the things that I'm doing now. I don't, I don't, I still don't believe that I'm doing things that I'm doing now. But once I got to a place where I found something I was genuinely passionate about, yes, it's still difficult. Yes, it's not easy. Yes, it's scary. Yes, you don't want to do it at times, but you will still do it and you'll be happy doing all of it. And that's a beautiful thing. And I really hope everybody gets to experience that. Beautiful. Um, Kuzi, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, how would someone, if they would like to reach you or contact you, how would they, how would they um, like get, get, get in contact with you essentially? Would you- Absolutely. Um, well, you can all find me on my Instagram. My Instagram is, and I'll spell it out, Kuzi the Builder. So that's K-H-U-Z-Y, the Builder. No spaces, no whatever's, just Kuzi the Builder. You can find me on Instagram there. 
feel free to shoot me a message at any time. That's awesome, cuz. And yeah, I I thoroughly like it. This one was a profound one, and it like I, I had never like I, I guess I never had solidified that whole up down thing, which is massive, and just around getting to that spark and true. It, it's pretty phenomenal what kind of came out. So I, I really thank you so much for this and and being with me on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Jacob. I I really think we had a really good conversation, and I I really hope you're listeners can get some value out of it and i hope maybe you did too yeah oh phenomenally i i will i will tell you i will tell you what's changed like here's a little thing that no not many of the listeners know um after every podcast i i explain to the person who i've i've interviewed um what actually got out of it what changed for me and the profound value and impact it has on has has on has on me so i will i will share that with you because in a moment but uh, yeah, and yeah, if you want to know what, like, you know, let me know what you learned from it and we can share. You're more than welcome to message anyone who's listening. And yeah, take care. All right.